0: We'll uh-huh. uh-huh. uh-huh.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to Nebraska Hawks Nest. Make sure to give us a like and subscribe for all of our latest Iowa Hawkeye interviews. We are lucky enough to be joined today by the father of Iowa Hawkeye legend, Chris Street. Mike Street, sir, how are you doing today?
2: Well, doing good. we got sunshine, warm weather. How can you be bad, right? Hawks, big wind. That was nice.
1: Yeah, we bumped all the way up to number five. That's pretty awesome. I didn't expect to make that big of a jump.
2: I didn't either, but we'll take it. It's good for the boys. Make them, make them uh, want it a little bit more, probably.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hoping to get one of those top two or three seeds in the tournament and so we can get a good placement. Right now they have us in the bracket, um, <clears throat> the same one as Gonzaga. So not real excited about meeting them. But if we do meet them, that means it's probably going to be in the final four. So I'd be okay with that, too. Well, you
2: got to beat them all to, to win the championship. So whenever got draws, but. Yeah, it wouldn't be it'd be nice if we weren't with them, but it, it, we'll we'll take what we get.
1: Absolutely. We're just happy to happy to be a part of it and happy to be able to have a basketball season this year. Just thankful after last year being canceled. The Iowa basketball team was really hot going into the end of the year and then the with the tournaments, the conference tournaments getting canceled. That was just that was really disappointing. So just thankful for basketball this year, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, it's been. Uh, I'd hate to think we didn't have our football and basketball. It's been a really a long winter, so. Oh. Good, and the boys. What dedication they have done on the teams to, to make this thing work. I mean, people forget they've been away from their families and stuff all this time, and a lot of them. The sacrifices they've made. Uh, I think we're way too quick to criticize young men because, they've uh, they've really dedicated their lives to this situation. This this winter.
1: That's, that's a really great point that does not get brought up enough that <clears throat> most of them don't get to go home over Christmas. They don't get to see their families, and they really Adam, sacrifice. I lost
2: you on, the, on, the, on your voice there.
1: Oh, can you hear me okay now?
2: No, I lost you here.
1: Can you hear me okay or no?
2: I, I can now, but you faded out there. I, might be Okay. My- might my my signal on this end. I don't
1: know. Okay. All right. Well, that's how, how the streaming stuff works occasionally. We have a technical difficulty here and there. Um, tell us a little bit about Chris as a kid growing up. Uh what type of kid was he? You know, what what was he like to raise and uh tell us about how his love for basketball developed?
2: Oh well, Chris was uh, really a joy to raise. Um course i mean we we as, well, as soon as he got old enough we hunted and fished and and he was a natural uh doing doing both i mean he first time he shot uh, shot his well not his gun but when hunting he killed a rooster and a couple of quail and and he could fish at two years old he could cast a, a, a lure and bring it back and and he was just a natural never never really had any years that he wasn't coordinated and, and always tall and and uh just a delight uh, we i spent a lot of hours with him and and really fun and he'd go work uh, we'd work uh he you know he was a quarterback all american quarterback too and and a pitcher so in a small town you uh you know you don't specialize in any sport he was good in uh, uh baseball in you know, a little league we won the championships i was him and and uh so but no we he was he was a delight he was just a natural and and, uh, I, you know, I can't say, of course, we had our problems, you know, once in a while, <laughs> but, but overall, I mean, he was a lot better kid than I was, let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, he uh he always played with such pass passion and positivity and, and so much excitement when he was out on the floor and it was infectious just with to his teammates and to the crowd and uh everybody on the bench. It just he just unintentionally pulled people into the game and got you even more excited. Um, can you tell tell us about his love for basketball and how that got started and grew over the years? Well,
2: I, I, you know, I don't really know. But when we were growing up, uh, you know, all there was was the Hawkeyes on TV. So, I mean, every every Hawkeye game was a, was an event to get in front of the TV and watch because we were far enough from Iowa City. And then back then, I don't think you could have got tickets anyway. But we did get tickets uh, to the Amanda Classic back in those days because that wasn't strictly uh, season ticket holders. And we went over there a few times. We went down to Kansas City to that regional uh, that they got beat there in uh, the last seconds or so. So, I mean, we were Hawkeye fans from word go. And, and uh, we played, uh, we, you know, my my wife's a good ball player and she played basketball. And so we'd go out on the drive and play two-on-two with with his sister, Sarah. And, uh, you know, none of us liked to lose. And and on and 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 weekend, we'd play town team softball. And so we were all, we're a competitive family and, and a sports family. And so it was just a natural And, and he and he grew. And he, you know... He didn't like to lose, uh, which is good. Um, so, no, he had the competitive spirit. Probably his mom, you know. I'm, I'm just so docile that, uh, so I will blame her for that. But anyway, just uh, no, he was, you know, he got in his freshman year. He qualified for track the high hurdles. Uh, you know, he had had the speed, he had uh, the coordination, and and he threw. He was clocked at 88 miles an hour his freshman year in baseball as a pitcher, and and uh, so no, he I you know I can't say that he was just a natural athlete.
1: I um I heard a little bit about um <clears throat> the story of when you guys uh, got Chris's first recruitment letter from the University of Iowa and how you decided to show it to him. I think this is just an awesome awesome idea. Uh, can you tell us about how that happened and what you guys did?
2: Well, actually, it went to the high school and uh, one of the coaches uh, gave it to us. So we decided, you know, it was getting close to his birthday. We just frame it and and uh, present it to him and. And he'd been uh, Iowa State had been calling him and and been, been asking Johnny Majors or not Johnny Majors but uh, Johnny, Orr. Johnny Orr had uh, been to three or four of his games and and Hallahan and and so they were actively recruiting but Iowa really hadn't shown any interest we didn't think and and but anyway so when we got that letter that was a that was a big moment uh, we couldn't afford to go anywhere else with all of our apparel you know so oh yeah. And, <laughs> but it was just a letter that says, Hey, we're interested. We've got some interest in you. And, and if you're interested, please contact us so we can follow up and go from there. And, and so that developed uh, his birthday was uh, February 2nd and uh, we gave it to him and big old smile. And we were, we were excited. And, and then it developed. They started calling and the coach close was the main recruiter and, and uh, thought the world of him. And, and uh, so anyway, and kind the summertime, they invited him to camp and, and he went over there, and, and actually, that's when they, uh, after watching him play, you know, had to hit personal with a, got to play with the with the players at night. That's the thing that when you go to camp, then they can invite you to play with the players in pickup games, and and he was lucky enough to do that, and and uh, they were impressed, and and uh, I can follow that story up if you want me to a little bit about the recruiting or
1: yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, it was kind of neat. Bruce Pearl was there, of course, back then, and. And Bruce uh, Pearl took him uptown, walked around and talked with him about his goals and ambitions. And, and so when he got back and, and Bruce Pearl told Christopher, he said, uh, you know, coach, coach Davis may offer you a scholarship. What do you think? Or we want you to think about that. So anyway, when he got back to the dorm, he called us real fast and said, you know, daddy, they are thinking about offering me a scholarship. I said, wow, son, that's really great. I said, uh, so anyway, he was excited, and, and uh, so I got to thinking about that. You know, they're, they're going to offer him. They're not going to put this carrot out there and then yank it away from him. So um, so he called the next night and said, Dad, they you know, they offered me a scholarship, and Coach Davis wants to meet with us after uh, after camp uh, the last day and, and talk about it. And I said, that's great. I said, uh, I thought they probably would. Well, how would you know? <laughs> and I just said, well. You know they weren't going to do that without really following through, son, and, and uh, so forth. So anyway, we met with uh, uh, Coach Davis, and, and afterwards, and and he uh, he said, "Well, we'd like to offer Christopher a scholarship. We can't can't make it official, and we can't uh, say anything because it's not time." But he says, uh, "We would we'd love to have Christopher the Hawkeye." And, and I said, well, we'll, uh, we'll think about it. He's, and <laughs> Chris was going nuts over there. He said, there's nothing to think about. It. I said, yeah, there is. And we'll, well, you don't want to jump here. We're, we're going to think about it. And, and I asked coach Davis a couple of questions. I said, well, what about, cause he was, uh, starting quarterback and, and baseball and everything too. And, and I said, what about football? And he said, Hey, we want him to do whatever he wants to do, because this will take the pressure off of him, if, you know? So there's no problem with him playing football or anything. And he loved football. And, um, so anyway, I said, well, we're going to think about it. And so, uh, coach Davis always talks about, uh, we went out the door and Christopher stuck his head back in the door and says, we'll talk to you soon, coach, <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know whether he did or not, but I assume he might have. And so we went home and then the ironic thing is a kind of a neat thing is we no more got home and the, the phone rings and it's coach Hallahan from Iowa state and then oh. back, back then, of course, the different players from different schools, um, work different camps so uh, I, f- I forget the uh, Terry some Terry I forget his name exactly my state of guard real good guard had told Hallahan that hey you know they're offering him a scholarship so Hallahan called and tried to convince me not to take it and at least think about it and they'd love to have him up there to hit their camp and he needs to go up there and experience that and before he makes any decisions and so forth so anyway he said well we'll keep you informed and so forth and so anyway, we I thought about it the next day, and I thought, you know, what the heck are we waiting on here? This is what the kids worked for 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 long years, and what he dreamed of, and and of course we were excited too. And so when I got home that night, uh, the next night I I called, or I told Christopher, I said, you call Coach Close, because Coach Davis had said give us Coach Close's number, and and uh, said uh, uh, that we will take it, and. Uh, so anyway, that's what Christopher did and, and coach close. And, and so then it wasn't very long. Coach Dave was called and, you know, wished as well, and congratulated and happy and so forth. So anyway, now, and then uh, no more hung up than here's Hallahan. I'm back on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, Christopher answered it, I think, and talks to, to Coach Hallahan. And so I'm in the background, knew who it was for somehow, and I told him, I said, you tell him, you know, we're not going not <laughs> to lie to him or ignore him. And so anyway, Christopher says, here, my dad wants to talk to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he put it up on you.
2: Yeah, so he put it on me. And, and uh, I told Coach Hallahan that we accepted the, the scholarship. And he was classy as could be. He said, well, we, we hate to hear that, but, but you know, the doors never close. If something doesn't work out, make sure you keep us in mind. And and so I was I was um, real happy with what he handled it and, So I got nothing but praise for them on that deal. But uh, anyway, so it worked out. And of course, then (laughs) what the bad thing was, is coach uh, uh, close said, well, you need to call the the media people and and said, we can't do it. So you'll have to do it. And uh, so anyway, I, I called WHO uh, TV and, and uh, of course, Jim Zobel, He was close enough back then that he he knew about it. And, And anyway, so. Uh, I told WHO, the sports people, and, and uh, so that night on TV, this guy really kind of ticked me off. He, he says, well, I guess Chris Street's going to be a Hawkeye, but, you know, I hope they want him in five years. <laughs> Some snide comment, I, well, that was really, and, you know, and I, they couldn't, Iowa, you know, just uh, said the word of Chris's father said he, he accepted a scholarship, so it was like, you know, this guy might be blowing smoke, but
0: oh. anyway,
2: but... Uh, <laughs> Kind of another neat story here is uh, we were uh, Zobel had us up the Iowa State Fair because he had a always had a talk show up there and to interview Christopher and, and talk about with it and Iowa and so forth and and Jim says uh, well Chris tell us about your dad he said well he's as wide as I am tall <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we had a good time we we like to enjoy life and and you know that's the thing about Christopher he loved the game and and it showed uh, and he's um, actions and, and so forth. And he never took a play. I mean, that's the thing that, that with Christopher, I mean, that, uh, you know, whether he's out of bounds, he's trying to steal it. If he's, if he's uh, trying to get a rebound on the free throw, he's spinning. He, you know, he's not just standing there. He's not, he's going to try to make a make a play. And and uh, I think that's what a lot of people seen in him and, and appreciated in him.
1: There's uh there's been some players over the years that uh, fans have compared to to Chris, like a little bit now, like a Keegan Murray and a Nicholas Bear, guys like that that give them little glimpses of the type of player that Chris was. Uh, is there any players over the years that you can think of that were like, oh, I see a lot of Chris's game in this guy?
2: Yeah, there there is. I mean, um, Whitey, you know, is another one that was compared, and and that's that's you know, he's made a great career out of his European basketball over there, and and uh, but you know, a lot of a lot of good hard workers out there. Nicholas bear comes to mind and, and I see Keegan, you know, you're right. I mean, I just, and I see Kenyon in him too. I mean, it's kind of a beautiful blend and, and, uh, and I know, I've watched Chris in high school too, uh, Murray, and, and he's right there. He'll be there too before long. And, and so that's, that's a pretty neat story, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I mean, just settles, uh, I mean, he's good Iowa kids and nothing against, non-Iowa kids, I don't want to sound like I'm, but, you know, they, they appreciate the opportunity. I mean, um, Jeff Warner, Dean Oliver, I mean, you could just go down the line, some really, some really good athletes, and, and uh, they've all kind of, re- some of them grew up, you know, knowing Christopher or respecting him when they were little, and so we, we've enjoyed a real nice relationship with the University of Iowa. They've done a real nice job, and we appreciate them keeping us in the, in the light a little bit there.
1: Well, that's great. The fans appreciate it too, and we all—all all the Iowa fans love to see uh, you and your wife at games and see you guys on the sidelines because it, you know, f- fills a little bit of a hole in our heart to see you guys there and to see you guys still a part of things. So it means a lot to us as well. So um, you got to keep keep going to those games because it, get, it it's, it's inspiring and it gets everybody around you, you know, really excited and it's a it's a lot of positive energy. So. I got. Hopefully, when this pandemic thing's over, we'll see you guys sitting back on the sidelines again.
2: Well, I told Shelly I'd adopt one of those kids, or they could adopt me, so I could. That didn't work out
0: again. (laughs) (laughs) You got to try.
2: try. (laughs) Yeah, we'll try to go to the to the tournament games if they allow. But uh, yeah, we go ahead and we really enjoy the boys. They're great young men.
1: Uh, tell us about Chris's relationship with Dr. Tom. Uh, it seemed like that they had a, a really special relationship, um, especially for a coach-player. That they had a really great connection. Uh, and tell us about how close those two were.
2: Well, actually, um, I mean, Christopher respected Dr. Tom, but back then, Dr. Tom didn't get too close to his players. He he um, through the assistant I mean, Coach Close was was Christopher's uh, uh, guy. Uh, I mean, he had all this, all respect in the world for Dr. Tom. But after the Christopher, you've seen it change, Dr. Tom. And he would have told you probably that, you know, he regrets missing out and not getting closer to some of the players. Now, after they graduate, he gets real close to the players, and he has been. And and, uh, and that's just a style of different coaches. And, and nothing nothing against Dr. Tom. He's He's been great to us. And, and, and you know, I mean, uh, and I, when, I, when, you know, when we talked about the recruiting, I said, Coach, I said, how long are you going to be here? And he said, well, you know, before we said yes, because he was important to us. And he said, well, Mike, he says, uh, you're you're understand you're declaring to the college and not me. He says. But he says, as long as as uh, Bump Elliott's here, he said, I see no reason why I'd ever leave. So that was quite a compliment to, to Bump Elliott. And I've and I got to know him a little bit. And what a great gentleman he was. So. Um, but anyway, yeah. I, but, you know, Dr. Tom and, and Say Crispin, and Dr. Tom had a great relationship uh, head to head, I think it's more just still a coach-player relationship uh, than anything else. But that's that's just the way he was then, and that, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but afterwards, you've seen a different Dr. Tom uh, uh, on the sidelines. I mean, he, he was a little more open to get a, get closer to the players when they were there actually playing.
1: Well that's interesting. That, that, that's good to know. And you know, I think there's well, a lot of coaches out there like that.
2: Sure, and that's my perspective. And I may be wrong. I mean, I've been wrong before, so it wouldn't be the first time.
1: Yeah, I'm wrong all the time, so I know how that goes. It's, it's
2: I, a, I used to be right on everything, now I think I'm wrong on everything. So I, don't, you know, I get changed when you get older.
1: Yeah, you hit that peak in life where you're like, I'm nailing everything. And then all of a sudden, at some point, you just start to go down. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm slipping well, you,
2: here. I think you get smarter, realize you're not as smart as you think you are.
1: Yeah, I know, exactly. Um, wanted to ask you a, a really um, important question that I had thought about uh, when Chris was at Iowa, uh, just about everything Chris was everybody's favorite player. Can you talk a little bit about why you think that Chris was in, so ingrained in the hearts of Iowans and in and, and, and almost every Hawkeye fan's favorite player?
2: Well, I think it was uh, due to the, you know do a couple things or probably more than a couple, but the fact that he played hard, the fact that he showed his emotion. Uh, I mean, he loved to get the crowd involved. You know, he he'd give the big old hand. Come on, let's go and and uh, and and yet, you know, I mean, I've you've had some coaches talk about that. You know, he was the last one to leave the autograph line. I mean, he he appreciated. He remembered when he was a kid and when we went to a few games and places to get autographs and and the players. So he he never forgot that. He he uh, he wanted to he wanted to be a fan favorite. I think, and he done th- extra things to do that. Uh, but mostly, I think it's just his enthusiasm, and and then you know he could uh, he could talk the game real well. So the media, um, you know, was part of that probably interviewing him all the time, and and uh, and he understood the game. and you know, great personality. I mean, always, you you shoot people a smile all the time and having oh yeah, you want to be around him, you know. So that was a big part of it, and you know, I'll, I'll give that to his mother a little bit. Mm-hmm
1: the guy had like the most infectious smile ever. There's certain people in this life that you meet and there's, there are few and far between, but when those people smile, and they have that electric, that special smile, like Chris had it, it's infectious. You can't not smile. You can't not be pulled in. And that's what he had.
2: Well, and the, the other thing, uh, and I, here'd be a good chance to plug my book here, emotion and motion that, uh, Rick Brown uh, attaboy. boy yeah anyway there's some neat stories in there that talk about some extra things he'd done and and the people that, that some and a lot some of that stuff we didn't even know about um, but he had a, a and I'll just scan a little bit here but he had a teacher that he really liked <clears throat> and she had a child that was sick and, and and stuff so he made a special effort driving from Iowa City just come over here <clears throat> and van and B with the child and, and talk to the teacher and it's a really neat story in there on that. And 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 Bert Hansen, his high school coach, talks about him going to camp. And, and he'd been over in Europe with the Big Ten All-Stars. And it just got home, but he, he told Bert he'd go up to uh, Lake Mills, which is Bert's hometown, and do a camp. And he says uh, Chris would not leave that camp until he played one-on-one with every player there, even though he was, you know, he said when he hit that car, he was asleep. But he said he would not. So just things like that. Um, he he made the extra efforts. Yeah, he, he he had more patience than I would have probably, but uh, he he done those things.
1: Uh, tell us a little bit about, um, I believe it was around 12 days after Chris's passing in 1993, when um, Iowa laced up those shoes against um, the Fab Five at Michigan. Big, big time game. A lot of emotion going into there. Um, it had to have been you know a, a very difficult game for the family and and for all the fans and the players and everybody there um can you tell us about what that game meant to you guys as a family and what the atmosphere was like there
2: well it it was uh, it was tough i mean i uh, especially for my wife and maybe i didn't feel enough for her her pain at that time but uh, it was hard for her it was really hard and uh, but i get emotionally involved in the game and and i was I don't know what lucky is the right word, but I was got involved in in creating. Uh, we had good people around us when uh, at, the, at the time of the accident, and they said, "Mike, we can really do something here, maybe, because uh, we're always short of gyms in Indianola. Maybe we can, you know, get a Y or get a gym made up." And and so we created the foundation, uh, the Chris Street Memorial Foundation, and I got heavily involved in that. And I think it took a lot of total my focus off of actually what had happened, every, although every now and then you never but and so I I could I kind of refocused and maybe that's part of the men too. But we were over there and but it was uh and sitting there and it was it was tough. I mean uh but I again I got involved in the game and if you watch the films, Patty's sitting there, you know, she just having a real hard time with it. And um Yeah. But kids, you know, that, we were there for the kids. I mean we knew you know, we, we just felt like Chris Ridwan is there, um, support the kids. And um, so it was kind of a double-edged
1: thing there. Yeah. Well, I know it meant a lot to the fans and to the players and everybody that you guys were there. And it really energized that team. They were, they absolutely had the refuse-to-lose mentality. They were not going to lose that game, and they weren't going to let it happen. And th- they wanted to win that game for Chris. And I recently rewatched that game, and – I, uh, I was a blubbering mess the whole entire time I watched it. I was a, I was a wreck. So it was, uh, but it was just one of the all time classic Iowa basketball games. And it was a very fitting way to pay tribute to a wonderful person and one of the, one of the best players in, in Iowa basketball history. Cause, you know, as you guys know, not only was Chris a great player, but everyone always says he embodies what it is to be a Hawkeye. He's everything that goes into him with his high character, his integrity, his infectious smile, and you know his refusal to quit out on the court and just to continue to play hard every day. Um, one thing that Chris never quit was uh, getting great at free throws. The kid could shoot a free throw like no other, um, and, and held that record till I believe it was 2018. Um, and um, <clears throat> tell us about that day when uh, Jordan Bohannon was up and he was had the ability to break that record and really I didn't see it coming, took the high road and missed that because he felt like that that record belonged to Chris.
2: You know, I, look, <laughs> and actually it actually is a miracle I was there. I had been fishing up north uh, ice fishing with some of my college classmates and uh, Patty went over by herself with, with her with our daughter Betsy and her family and uh, just uh, we got home of course I was I was tired and I, you know i I need to go so i, I and of my classmates said street you need to go so anyway i I met him over there and uh, but I had not not even had a thought that he would do it on miss it on purpose you know i mean i i, I felt like he was going to break it and i felt like you know what a good kid what a great kid to be the person to break it you know if you wanted somebody to break yeah. it uh, you know i thought jess settles my at the time and i still thought the same thing about him and but anyway um so yeah he he broke that and and he made the first one of course and or the one-on-one and he makes uh, this one here and and, and uh patty and he misses that and patty says you think you missed that on purpose and i said gosh i don't think so he was he was fouled pretty hard maybe just kind of fouled him up you know and uh anyway so again I still wasn't smart enough to put it all together and and so after the after the game you know of course we went down there well actually we went into the tunnel we didn't really we weren't planning on being on the court by any means and and just to congratulate him and talk with him and and uh but Fran come and got me and he says, come on, you need to go out here. And and Margaret grabbed a hold of Patty and says, come on. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'll just put a plug in for Fran and Margaret. They're the greatest people. I mean, you don't see the real Fran on TV when he throws his fit. I mean, he's, he's just a great guy. And Margaret's just right there with him. But anyway, so anyway, we go out and, and, uh, you know, talk to Jordan and, and so forth and still hadn't put it together. So uh, then Fran wanted us back in the locker room. So we head back to the locker room. And, and uh, somebody uh, stopped to interview us, and well, I think it was Rick Brown, actually. And, and Rick says, you know, he missed that on purpose. And I said, no, surely. Are you sure? Yeah, he missed it on purpose. So, well, it kind of upset me a little bit, thinking it degraded the, the, the record a little bit. And, and, and so I was a, I was a little shocked, I guess, that would be the word. And, and Patty, of course, just heard her comments. Oh, he shouldn't have done that. We didn't want him to do that. So anyway, so on our way home, and it really dawns on me what a, what this kid done. I mean, what what a what a um, appreciation for for the fact of Chris for not being able to continue and, and respect and and uh, you know and put him ahead of himself. And so anyway, that <clears throat> that was our thoughts going in there. And so I, I you know I wrote on Facebook and so forth, but uh, just what a great kid. What a, what a great family. And, and we've got to know them and got to know Jordan really well. And, and, uh, he'll even call Patty grandma once in a while. So right.
1: love he
2: she loves it because she loves her, her children and her grandchildren. So, um, no, we've got a nice relationship there. And, and I was, I, I know he wanted to get up there and do it again. And, and, uh, he was, he was getting up there in the twenties, I think a couple three games ago and he missed one, but, uh, so anyway, but yeah, it's uh, it's a great uh, great tribute to Chris Street. What a, what a class act by a great young man.
1: I when that happened, I was in the same boat as you. I I thought he just missed it. I didn't know that he had done it on purpose. And they kind of came back later in the game, and they're like, "What a great you know what a great gesture." He, you know, he did it on purpose to honor Chris Street. And um, you know, it, I we were the same as you, Mike. So <clears throat> don't feel like you were slow on that one because we were all slow.
2: Uh, I was pretty slow.
1: Yeah, okay. <clears throat> uh, I I don't I don't blame you because I was in the same boat too. Um, do you want to take a quick second here to tell everybody um where they can find uh the book Emotion in Motion? What are where are sure. some places they could order that?
2: Um, well, uh, we work with high V's quite a bit, but that's kind of over. I I haven't really been, but there's still some few high V's that have it. And I hope to get out to Omaha area and out west, and I didn't. I apologize for that. Um, But anyway, on eBay, MJ Street, the seller, which is myself, uh, and if you want them personalized to somebody, we'd be glad to do that. Uh, the black and gold shops I still have them. Uh, uh, if you're into the Iowa tournaments, uh, Hall, of, Hall of Pride there at the Hy-Vee, uh, near the hy uh, Arena, has them. Indianola Hy-Vee has them. Um, yeah other than that i it's not not a lot uh, available out there right now and we're getting down on them a little bit too and i want to try to get them to uh to uh, uh some libraries where I think most more people get a chance to uh, to rent them so I don't know that I missed anybody. i probably didn't i apologize um but basically ebay m j street uh, black and gold shops uh their website um and Ivy, if you're running around here locally or in Des Moines, it's at the Hall of Pride.
1: Well, if you're a big, big Hawkeye fan, this is definitely a book you need to have in your collection. And it, it... it
2: we're, Rick Brown, done a terrific job. And and contrary to what people expected, and even I mean, I didn't even pre-read it. I mean, I he I put him in charge of it, and and he done it. And uh, uh, but it's not a lot of basketball stories necessarily, as much as it is personality and, and personal stories, and and so forth. So. Anyway, and, and I we got nothing but, but great uh, great reviews on it, and it's and for the you know Rick wrote it. He wants uh, he wants these uh, young young kids, uh, junior high, high school to read it and be motivated and and uh, see that uh, the good can can uh, survive or whatever
1: the the great stuff that can continue to live on are things like this book you know the Chris Street Memorial Scholarship and in the gym in Indianola I remember um in high school being able to play in that gym and it, it's an awesome tribute to Chris it's it is very cool and um it gets you know kind of makes the hair on on the back of your neck stand up like wow this is this is something else they really did a nice job with it
2: they did and, and uh we had an art teacher uh, uh Kling that wrote that put that uh, mural up there and, and that what a terrific job that was i mean you know and he more or less dedicated we made a, a little donation to the art club there for the school not himself unselfishly and and uh, that's that's really you're right that's that's a neat neat, neat deal
1: Well, Mike, I just wanted to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to sit down with us at Nebraska Hawks Nest to talk about Chris and his life and legacy. And um, again, just wanted to give you and your wife, Patty, a sincere thank you for always being such great advocates to the University of Iowa basketball program. Because, you know, I, I don't know how much you guys know this, but when us fans see you guys in the stands, it always makes us feel like that there's always a part of Chris there. And uh, you know that means a lot to us, so we just wanted to to thank you for always being there and being supportive of that.
2: Well, that's, that's I appreciate the comments there because we, you know, and we understand other people's lost their child, and that's important to them too. And and I think probably since you're in Nebraska, I should shout out to Paul Lusk, uh, assistant coach of Creighton. He was Christopher's roommate, and of course, he played at Iowa there too. His freshman year, before he transferred, but uh, Paul has been a great. Uh, he's like a like us. They were like brothers, and and we still keep track of. Paul and Creighton
1: too so they got a great program over there and coach McDermott's a class act too
2: that's sure right
1: yeah they're high quality people it's always good to see good people do well and you know Creighton basketball's got a great head coach and a great coaching staff doing it the right way and you know bringing a lot of pride to the Omaha area so they're 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 doing well
2: all right. We'll say. Well, I'm sure the Hawks are better than the Blue Jays, though, right?
1: And my, oh yeah, they're rated higher. So come on, <laughs> I mean, that's that's like we're number five. Come on, we are better. Regardless, it's always going to be Hawks above Jays Sure, well, we need day. To
2: get, to get Fred. Of course, a little story about Fred. Uh Fred used to stay all night in our house a couple few times when Christopher and him played AU ball together. So,
1: really, Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. So that's. A- I- Little Nebraska connection again. There's a lot of a lot of neat little connections. Uh, I mean, we and I don't know how but don't want to get you off subject here, but I guess you can maybe trim this if you want it. But uh, you know, my, uh, Matt Painter and Christopher were really good friends on the Big Ten tournament uh, or the uh, European tour, and, and we've kind of stayed in contact with Matt a little bit. And of course, with Paul, his assistant at uh, his assistant at, at Purdue, and so we got that connection. and and then with uh, you know, there's some others around, but anyway, that's it's kind of neat.
1: Those stories never get old at all. Right. all. I, I love hearing that stuff.
2: They're, they're good guys too. I mean, they're, they're you know, we, we, you know, you find out when you're a kid, you know, you hate the rivalries, of the high school rivalries, and you find out the heck they're just like you guys. <laughs>
1: they're just trying to win too.
2: Yeah, you know, they, and that's what people have got to remember. You know, these other teams have scholarship players too. You know, so
1: <laughs> they're not going to just lay over for us. What the heck?
2: No, they like to. <laughs> All right. I appreciate uh, being on here and and go Hawks.
1: All right. Go Hawks,
0: Mike. Thank you again.
2: Uh, You bet. Bye.